Another weekend in the books and another couple of wins for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 9-0 on the season. The franchise record start continues. And they even had to do it on one game without Giannis. We can talk about Marjan Bochamp having their best game of his short NBA career. Brooke Lopez is doing a bunch of scoring. Drew Holiday does seem like he's found his rhythm, but there is plenty to talk about. By the way, Bobby Portis uh, eating rebounds on the weekend as well is certainly notable. Uh, let's talk some basketball. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Uh, use the promo code Locked On there. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. Uh, I have to apologize. No podcast on Friday. Uh, I, I International travel, Frank, you know how it is. It's uh, Sometimes it sneaks up on you. So I had to make a quick trip to New Zealand. And by the way, my first time in New Zealand, my first time traveling overseas since I moved back from Milwaukee at the start of the pandemic. And I know I've had a couple of Kiwi friends reach out that listen to the podcast uh, so, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me, the, the corners of the world that people listen to Locked On Bucks. So shout out to our Kiwi friends if you're listening to this. Uh, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube, on the audio platform, wherever you listen. Uh, that helps us out. And jump on YouTube and specifically comment. Get involved in the conversation. But uh, I don't know what that voice was I did before we started this podcast. It was like a mix of Jim Paschke and Sean Connery, I think. Uh, yeah. But either way. Felt like a lot of... A lot more Sean Connery than than what I was expecting. Uh, I won't do it again. I think that's safe to say. But the Bucks are nine and zero. I think we were discussing last week at some point that anytime you have a back to back and a road uh, home back to back, it's really short turnaround. We weren't sure if Giannis was going to play both of these games. I think the idea that the Bucks could lose one of these games, even if it's not against superior opposition was well and truly on the table but ultimately uh, they handled both of these games pretty comfortably I don't know where you want to start uh, with these games but nine and oh is it sits pretty nice with me <laughs> yeah um, I mean we came into this regular season as people who've been listening to us you know know that <laughs> really down we were just we were just like hey just, oh man just just try to bank some wins you know pretty soft early part of the schedule here after the opener given just the the six home games in a row um and, and obviously right now you know even at nine and oh uh you've only played a couple road games so you know uh, obviously i would say at this point right the, the schedule has been fairly uh advantageous obviously you know the two the, the couple some of the teams that you would say have been the toughest matchups right you would have said well philly and brooklyn and obviously both those teams have had really slow starts 
and then on top of that, you know, I think pro- probably Atlanta is, is Atlanta the yeah. best, the best win. I'm, I'm, I guess. Um, but you know, Minnesota, obviously really talented team. Um, Rudy Gobert apparently has COVID. So let's just get that out of the way. Like I'm, I'm hoping we don't hear that, you know, Giannis and all the guys that had to go up against him and hugged in post game, uh, don't go to the health and safety protocols this coming week. That would be not ideal, but that also just underscores why, again, you just want to rack up these wins while you can and to do it while shorthanded, obviously you just sort of, you know, it's just, it's just fun kind of continuing to rack up these wins. And I think two wins that were, you know, kind of fun for, for different reasons, you know, Friday, as you mentioned, Giannis goes, but really did not have his A game, finished a seven out of 17 from the field, 10 for 20 from the foul line, um, which is particularly painful for me. He was seven of eight to start, then goes three for 12 to finish. I think he missed his last four, which again, didn't really matter because the game was, was out of hand and he had just a sensational fourth quarter, even with all those free throw misses, just kind of decided like, all right, you know what? It's been cute. Timberwolves, you guys have been sort of hanging around this game, but I'm going to just pretty much shut the door on you guys, slam the door, really. Let's not say shut. It was not a friendly closing of the door, but it was a, a door slamming on them. And so, you know, Giannis, for, for a national TV audience, uh, giving a little reminder of, of what he's been doing. The 30-point streak comes to an end. Should have had it, you know, if you just make some damn free yeah. throws. But, um, you know, so it goes. He does end up getting the triple-double. And probably the weirdest stat, well, not the weirdest, but one of the weird stats of the early regular season. If you had told me that Giannis would have a triple double in which five of his 11 assists would go to Marjan Bochamp, I, I, that would have surprised me. I would not have expected that, but Marjan um, had, it, it was a very like rookie, uh, rookie roller coaster weekend for him Friday, you know, has the terrific kind of breakout performance hits a couple threes Um gets a couple layups, you know, basically kind of uh, running Giannis finds him and then finishes the game in the last couple minutes with, with two dunks, one leaking out for Giannis's triple double assist. And then uh, Giannis whips the ball to him in the corner and has a really quick, nice drive and, and another dunk finish. And again, like, okay, maybe not the most engaged Timberwolves defense at that point. Um, but uh, you know, obviously just, you have to feel great for him and um you know, I, I mentioned it on Twitter on Friday, but, you know, there, there's so many reasons that we can look at Giannis as this incredible player, the things he's able to do. Um, but we've, I mean, it wasn't just Friday night, right? We've seen it all week as, as Bochamp was starting to get minutes over the past week. We saw Giannis really tried to get him the ball, sometimes maybe a little too much, but you could tell he really wanted to get him involved, really wanted to give him confidence. Um, you know, I think, I'm, I'm sure Giannis appreciates, you know, the journey that, that, Marjan's been on and what he's had to do to get to this point, right? Giannis obviously had a really difficult journey to get to the NBA as well. And we know, I mean, you know, you can go back through a lot of these guys, right? Thon Maker, obviously, maybe most notably, like these young guys that he really kind of takes a liking to and takes under his wing and, you know, does what he can to to get them, put them in positions to succeed. And um, before Friday, you know, they hadn't exactly kind of figured it out with him. Marjan had you know, hit a couple shots here and there, but uh, was mostly sort of just trying to get his legs under him. But obviously it was fun to see Budenholzer sort of start to try to feed him minutes. Jordan War has been, speaking of roller coasters, just super up and down offensively. And I don't know, I just 
don't really think we're ever going to see it defensively or playmaking wise from Jordan. You know, he just kind of is what he is at this point. But, um, you know, we've seen both those guys continue to play. Uh, and Friday, obviously fun to see Marjan kind of have his, his coming out party in a, in a big road win. And then Saturday was the, the downside of the roller coaster as he goes one for nine, clearly needed Giannis's playmaking, right? Giannis sitting that one out, um, due to the, the knee, which again, I think at this point, like I almost don't bat an eye at when, when Giannis sits out, you know, the second game of the back-to-back with, with that knee soreness on the injury report, we're just kind of used to it. He's, he's listed as probable for this game Monday night in Atlanta. So, you know, hopefully we expect to see him back there, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, Friday night, I would say it was just a, a fun game. Giannis sort of doing enough of what he does and, um, you know, really didn't, didn't have his a game. I thought the, um, the wolves had some, you know, good defensive moments against him as well. Um, but again, when, when this team has needed other people, right. As, as much as they've needed Giannis to dominate early in the season, and he's been obviously the engine of everything, uh, when they've needed it, they've gotten big performances from other guys. And I mean, just look at this weekend, right? Drew Holiday had his third straight big scoring game on Friday night, just you know, totally in control. Those early season yips that we saw kind of feel, feel like they're far in the rearview mirror at this point. Um, and Bobby Portis just just sticking sticking shots from the corners whenever the Bucks needed them. And um, I think we, we do need to give Bobby Portis a shout out on this podcast. You sort of teased it. Um, he has 21 rebounds on Saturday. <laughs> he got the Bobby, Bobby, Bobby chance in Minnesota on Friday night, which was a lot of fun. Sounds like, you know, you could tell there were a ton of Bucks fans in the building. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Portis, right? He comes in Milwaukee. Obviously had his reputation as a guy that put up numbers, but wasn't a winning player. His first season, he plays really well, has some up and downs during the playoffs, but ends up being a guy that gives you huge minutes, you know, hits two big shots in fourth quarter of a championship clinching game six. Could have opted out to to go chase money after that first season. Says, no, you know what, I'm going to come back. Maybe a little uh, uh, wink, wink um, that he was going to get paid after the second season, but he comes back and was really good again, right? There's no letdown for him last season again maybe in the playoffs against boston right didn't play as well as you would have wanted but certainly as a regular season player was really really good again last year and then he gets the big payday and you're like okay you know last year he started a lot what kind of what kind of does does this year hold in store for him you know we've heard of the summer no question hey brooks the starter six man of the year that's what he's going to focus on right i mean again just saying all the right things you're never worrying about him and what he's going to be doing, you know, what, what, anything off court, anything locker room, any of that stuff. And he hasn't shot the ball that well. I think he's at like 32% or something like that here early in the season from three. So I think again, some of the shooting will, will come around a little bit. We saw it really over the last couple of games that some of those three pointers have started to fall, but he's been huge on the glass and, you know, I mean, just look at the numbers, obviously, being the third big um, night in and night out. We occasionally see some Serge Ibaka. We saw a fair bit of him on, on Saturday night, obviously. I thought Serge actually acquitted himself pretty well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Bobby got paid, but, uh, you know, we're still the same Bobby, right? <laughs> Not that we expected anything different, uh, but it's just really fun kind of seeing him just continuing to be the guy that, you know, has made him a legendary figure here in uh, not even three full seasons in Milwaukee. 
um, like I said, 20 years from now, Bobby Portis won't be, won't be having to, to buy any, uh, paying for any meals in, in the city of Milwaukee, probably. So, um, lots of, lots of fun performances over this weekend. You know, there was Marjan on Friday, Drew on Friday, Saturday, Brooke, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, right? I mean, it's just, I think it's really just a, you know, the story of, of this first kind of two, three weeks here of the season, just the fact that on any given night, you know, it's any number of six, seven guys who could be stepping up and, and making big shots or making big plays defensively. And uh, yeah, it's just been a ton of fun to watch. We'll, we'll see how long they can keep this undefeated run going. I think Monday night in Atlanta will probably be the biggest test that they've faced so far. Um, but who knows? Who, who's, uh, who are we to doubt it, right? So you mentioned Javon Carter, you mentioned Grayson Allen, and I think there's an interesting conversation that did arise uh, over the weekend in regards to potentially what happens with the starting lineup once guys come back, uh, because both guys have made a little bit of a case. Perhaps Javon Carter has been the one that's made a, a bigger case to to fit in certain ways. So let's get into that conversation, but I want to talk about prize picks. And if you... I t- I tell you what, if you were playing prize picks on the weekend against the Oklahoma City Thunder and you had Bobby Portis for the over for rebounds, you would have been sipping on a victory margarita by halfway through the second quarter, I reckon, because you knew that Bobby Portis was on absolute fire. So uh, if you don't know what prize picks is all about, uh, you have to pick two to five players uh, and uh, basically the over or under on their prize picks projection and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. There's also uh, NFL, uh, MLB. Well, that's done and dusted now. NHL, uh, PGA Golf, and all college sports as well, among other things. So check it out at prizepicks.com. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. So uh, don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Uh, that's price picks daily fantasy made easy. Uh, also check out the locked on sports today podcast. Uh, unless for any particular reason in the state of Wisconsin, you're avoiding any and all NFL news, but uh, they have you covered with uh, football and uh, the wrap up from the World Series, NBA, all the drama going on around the NBA, uh, which is nonstop. So check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast after you're done with Locked On Bucks. So, uh, Marjan Bochamp, as you pointed to, a quieter day uh, without Giannis. And uh, we should say, you know, I mean, what. Role players all around the league, and there has been role players in Milwaukee as well, uh, they benefit from playing alongside the greats. And Giannis makes everyone better. He gets them easy baskets, as you pointed to, with all the the assists he had uh, in the game against Minnesota. So it's probably not a huge surprise. But Bochamp gets the start. Grayson Allen goes to the bench. And full credit to Grayson Allen. He puts up 19 points. Shot the ball really, really well. Uh, But it is interesting because... Still at this point, you're talking about a team that offensively is just battling. They're 18th in the league for offensive rating. Last time I checked, it was around 112, uh, 112.0, I think, the offensive rating for the Bucks. So, yeah, around 16th or 17th in the league. So they're, they're not even in the top half. So the offense, for the most part, Giannis generates a lot of it. And then you've got some pretty good individual performances as we've broke down. 
uh, but they're still missing Chris Milton. I think it's fair to say there is a Twitter page out there that uh, is, suggests that uh, the Bucks perhaps should get rid of Milton because they're undefeated. I didn't see. <laughs> I, I didn't see. Uh, I think the page just says now Bucks nine and zero without Milton. By the way, I didn't see the Twitter page start up Bucks one and zero without Giannis. But uh, that buffoon that has started that Twitter page maybe should have a th- have a consider uh, that moving forward. But what do you see with the starting lineup if everyone's healthy? Chris comes in. Uh, what do you think? Uh, last year, obviously, it was Wesley Matthews came into the starting lineup for the postseason run. Javon Carter's had a crack. Uh, Grayson Allen's obviously been there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably not going to be Marjon Bochamp, but how do you see this shaking out? I think for the regular season, um, I, I think the first qu- the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Drew Holiday and his defensive workload, right? We know that in the postseason, his defensive workload is going to be enormous. And we've, we saw it the last two years, right? Like his, the work he does pressuring the ball, being able to defend multiple positions is obviously hugely valuable. I think, you know, when we think about kind of like how you pace your best players during the regular season, um, you know, I look at Javon Carter and, he was awesome on, on Saturday night, right? I mean, just shot the lights out, 18 points. I mean, it was funny. When we that game, I thought, well, no Giannis, no Chris. You really need Drew to kind of just at least, like, do a little Shea Gil, just Alexander to, like, a yeah. draw. You know, like, like just just don't have, like, Shea go off for 35 and Drew have a bad shooting night. And Drew, like, just, like, really didn't look for his shot, right? I mean, it was three for 10, but, like, really was not, you know, really was in facilitator mode um, for basically the, the, the vast majority of the night. And um, like, what did he have? How many assists did he have? 13 assists, right? Um, so he was getting the job done and the Bucks were, you know, we, we, we started to see over the weekend, the, the three-point shooting kind of come alive a little bit. Um, and, but, but I think with Javon, I mean, I think he's at 34% from three for the year, 36% on twos, right? Like, obviously he's got limitations as, as a scorer, um, not really much of a playmaker. Like, I mean, like he's never really going to do much like in a pick and roll or something like that, like create for others. But, uh, but I think just, especially in the regular season where on most nights there is at least one opposing guard who is, you know, a little smaller um, that probably doesn't want to get pressured all up and down the floor. And, you know, is going to try to run pick and rolls and having a pesky guy like Javon to, to go over pick and rolls and, you know, try to get in passing lanes and get strips and things like that. I think I would probably at this point try Carter as the second guard mm. uh, with Drew in the backcourt when Chris comes back. And it's not really so much of a, you know, a dig on, on Grayson because I think his shooting, especially in a lineup with Giannis, that's, that's obviously the appeal. I think on Saturday night, they were probably thinking like, well, we need to kind of balance our offense a little bit, given that Drew is starting. You know, I think part of the rationale was like, you know, you've got Drew and and Brooke uh, starting as, as kind of two, you know, skill offensive guys. And poor Bobby, obviously, obviously not coming off the bench because no Giannis. So how did you kind of get some some scoring punch into the second unit? And Grayson delivered exactly what you were hoping for him to get, right? He had six of eight shots overall, 19 points. Um, a lot of those in the first half, and he scored 16 in the first half. Uh, so, you know, he was really good, did exactly what you would have wanted in that role. Um, but I, so again, like, you know, Grayson is a starter in the regular season, totally fine with that. Um, I, I think like Javon as a starter against like the Celtics, 
Yeah. I don't know about that, right? Because the Boston just plays so big. But I think against most teams, again, most teams, you know, whether, you know, if you're playing Philly, you've got Maxi, right? Which we saw him lined up and, and bothering Maxi on opening night. Uh, obviously against the Nets, he was the one tasked with, with just kind of being annoying to Kyrie for much of the night. Um, and, you know, we'll see kind of as the Bucks kind of continue to make their, their rounds around the league, obviously, um, you know, he was the one, he, he has a long history with Trey Young, actually. Uh, West Virginia, I think, kind of beat Oklahoma when Trey was a freshman. Yeah. I think Trey had a bad game um, with him kind of really harassing. Obviously, Trey was a monster in uh, in that Atlanta game. Or I mean, Well, he scored a ton of points, right? He, I think he only had five assists, so it was pretty much the Bucks just forced him to, to score a lot, take a ton of shots. We'll see how things go on Monday. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think at this point, I'm okay with sort of just using Javon as, as that, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, kind of keeping him in that role. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting, right? We, uh, I think we've talked about on the pod, you know, early in the season here, Brooke Lopez's minutes have been pretty high. He's been under 30 two of the last three games, which I think is good. You know, I don't want to run, run, run Brooks minutes too high, given what you're going to need from him in the playoffs. Um, but one of the really nice things is like Wes Matthews really has not had to play much at all. Right. They have not had to rely a ton on, on Wes um, in these games. He's had some big three point shots in fourth quarters, excuse me, you know, most notably on opening night, but you know, he's been a guy that has um, again, not had to play a ton. He's averaging 15 minutes a game. He's played in every game. And I think when you just think about kind of conserving guys legs, I think Wes is one of those guys that, you know, I don't, I, I think it would, it would have been natural to say like, Oh, well, really rely on Wes here given the lack of depth you have on the wing. But I think it's a big plus the Bucks have been able to get by without needing to use Wes a ton. He's obviously been a key guy late in games, given that he's part of that kind of really switchable configuration you can go to with Drew um, in, in him in the backcourt. But, um, but I, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I like think I'm a Javon Carter realist, but give him credit. I think his defensive effort, I think he's, you know, especially quarters one through three better against small guards than Drew, just because he's going to work harder and Drew kind of picks his spots more. So, so yeah, I'll vote Javon at this point. Um, and again, whether that's the case, <laughs> I don't think I would vote that way. Uh, if, if you were telling me that we had to start a series against the Celtics next week. Uh, but I think again, in game nine of 82, uh, I like what he's done. he's done defensively, and I think obviously you can't argue with the starters' success and, and kind of where they are right now. Uh, Joey Ingles will be there by the time the playoffs roll around. He'll be in there talking trash to everyone out there on the floor. But no, I, I think it's a great point. I mean, when we discussed this in the preseason, we kind of thought that they would maybe steer clear of West for the reasons you already mentioned, preserve him as best you can because you think that if he's healthy going into the postseason, he's a guy that you can trust, uh, you know, based on what we've seen uh, previously. And I just looked up his game logs for this season. So it won't surprise you uh, that he's only, he's only actually cracked 20 minutes on three occasions this season, but two of those times were opening night against Philadelphia and then the game against Brooklyn. So he's been used sparingly, but you feel like when Bud's like, okay, this is a big game. We want to win these games. These are the matchups. We think we can put Wesley Matthews out there for defensive purposes. Uh, he's done that. And then, uh, of course, we know 
Uh, he obviously hit that big three on opening night as well. The other guy that I just wanted to shout out, as you have a little bit already, Brooke Lopez, this man is shooting 66% on twos this year. Now, he's only taking 5.2 a game, and he's taking 6.3 threes a game, which is, that's who he is. Uh, we understand that and what he does for this offense and spacing the floor and all those types of things. Uh, but we've seen it time and time again over the last few years. Unfortunately, last year, not as much as we would have liked because he wasn't playing. But uh, when Giannis goes out, Brooke, time after time, has been a guy that's like, all right, I'll get you 25. I can still do that. He's definitely a defensive four for this team. He anchors the defense. We know that he's sort of that all-defense caliber guy. Uh, but still the ability to, for on, a, on different nights through the regular season, and we've seen it in the postseason, to say, you know what, Brooke Lopez is just an absolutely humongous man with excellent touch near the basket. Let's utilize him in the paint. But 66%, uh, it's a pretty scorching start for the big fella. Uh, you're on mute there, but it looks like you're telling a cracker. It- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gone forever. It was the best. Yeah, it was it's... the best line uh, ever uttered on this show. Um, Brooke is funny because you know. I mean, we've talked. I remember after the loss to Toronto in the first year of the Bud Bud era, talking with Eric, our friend Eric, name co-host at the time, um, about how his <laughs> old news <laughs> about how I. You know, one of the things I wanted to see the next year was utilizing Brooke Lopez more as an interior scorer. And I think typically, I think I probably also said like, oh, like let's use Brooke Lopez more as a post threat, especially when Giannis is out of the game. And it's funny because I think one of the, the Bucks deserve a lot of credit. Like if you go back and look at the game five against Atlanta, when he had whatever, he had 32 points yeah. or whatever it might've been, none of those baskets came on post post looks. It was all, you know, rim runs, random stuff around the basket. Um, it was not like traditional post-up stuff. And it's funny because I think Brooke has, he has such amazing touch that he set, when he does get post touches, he settles for those like just, you know, slow motion, one-legged step back, super high degree of difficulty fadeaway jumpers, which he still shoots like 50% on because he's got just absurd touch, right? Remember, the, remember that like, position? What game was it last week where he like had his back to the basket and they're passing the ball and he just stood there for like two seconds, even though there was no one defending him. And then he took a one-legged fadeaway and knocked it down and he was laughing as he was running down the field. But it's exactly what you're describing. It's like he, he was just kind of stuck and he's like, eh, I'll shoot a fadeaway, which of course, he's so big. He doesn't need to shoot a one-legged fadeaway, but he does it so well. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess he would argue that like, well, they're unblockable. So, you know, <laughs> like true, whatever, um, you're not wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, are those, you know, good shots, the shots you want from a guy like him? I would, I would probably say not. Um, so he does have a tendency, like when he's in the post to, to settle a little bit. I, I love the like pick and roll action. Again, we, we sort of, a lot of people just think of like, well, he's a pick and pop guy now, but I mean, the Bucks do really, especially when Giannis is out, the Bucks really do try to get him setting screens and rolling to the rim because he's such an enormous target for lobs and, and finishing around the basket. And um, I thought that was one of the things I noticed on Saturday night is like he was actually like catching and like getting his momentum from the post going towards the actual basket. And there were a couple plays. I think we, I think he had some moments like that against Detroit too, where, you know, just use that like en- enormous size and frame and, you know, it, it's wild. He really is so skilled, you know, with his touch. 
um, and with his footwork and everything that when he kind of decides to go do something again, sometimes it's happening, you know, at what seems to be, you know, one third regular speed, but, uh, but he's so big. It's just, what do you, you know, most guys just can't really do much about it. So, yeah, I mean, it was just really fun. I mean, his, his three points, I think he's around 37% from three point range, 50% mm-hmm. overall right now. Um, 15 points a game. Uh, again, his minutes are are up compared to what we would have expected and probably what we would want, just given the, the you know, what we want to do as far as seeing him be fresh for the playoffs. But, um, but he's just been great. And we talked so much in the early part of the season about his defense. Obviously you can't say enough about how much he's contributed the Bucks having the number one defense in the league, but yeah, I mean, offensively, just knowing that when you are shorthanded, and the Bucks have been shorthanded for the first nine games of this season, knowing that you can rely on him to, you know, on any given night, either be that outside threat or be a threat inside or both. Um, it's just been obviously a huge plus. And again, just, you know, Brooke Lopez, another guy that you just look at and uh, I mean, can do, will, can do, should, you know, I, I feel like there's been obviously more people, there's always been that like kind of subset of Bucks fans who, you know, think that he's too slow or think of drop defense as being some like problem for the Bucks, right? Rather than one of the key parts of them winning a championship. But he's such a likable guy, such a great guy for that locker room, so beloved by teammates. And the fact that he's been an awesome player and just, again, continues to play at such a high level. It's just been so, so fun to watch. And, you know, another guy uh, that, that will never, should, should never, should never have to pay for a meal in the city of Milwaukee or state of Wisconsin. So if you see Brooke Lopez around, I mean, he can afford it, but, you know, throw the guy some love, um, buy him a slice of Rockies, get him a mm. burger at Cops or whatever he needs. Um, but yeah, he's just, you know, again, Friday night really, you know, only took six shots, scored seven points. Um, and then Saturday when they really needed him. Okay. You know, pops up 25 points, you know, and, uh, and just gives it, gives exactly what you need. Uh, no question. And if you do see him out in the street, you probably won't miss him because uh, as uh, Frank said, I mean, this is just, this is just a humongous human being. He is just an absolute monster and, uh, or a mountain. Uh, some would say a splash mountain. Uh, shout out to Brooke. He's had a great start to the season. And uh, another one of those guys that's been unselfish for the Bucks. Think about it. He could have done more, in terms of getting more shots, all those types of things, but he's just played this role and just become this elite defensive big floor, floor spacer, despite the fact his skill set, uh, you know, he can, he can do a lot more than that. Uh, before we wrap this up, I'm going to jump on. I'm doing Locked On NBA tonight as well. So check out that podcast, Locked On NBA. They said there's only one team left undefeated in the league. So do you want to come on and talk about the Bucs? I said I can do that. So I'm going to do that in a second. But I started some minor Bobby Porter six man of the year propaganda uh, on the podcast last week when I did a solo pod Uh, and don't forget you only need to play uh, more than half your games coming off the bench to qualify I believe that that's the rule so if Bobby Porter gets these spot starts and just absolutely stuffs the stat sheet no one's gonna remember that he started in this game but the overall stats are going to be looking good Uh, he is putting up 15 points and 13 rebounds right now or something like that but per 36 He's putting up 18 points and 16 rebounds per game. He's had an unbelievable start to the season, and I think uh, the propaganda shall continue. What do you? What he's do you at think? he's at he's at 13 and 11 in in okay, raw terms, terms, but uh, you know only only playing 26 minutes per game right now. Uh, as we talked about last week, I think he's a candidate to play more as the season goes yeah, on. I think yeah. because of 
Brooke probably, you know, having maybe his minutes ramped down just a little bit, right? So, you know, I, I would expect Bobby's minutes, if anything, they're going to go up a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, he's at 33% shooting from three right now. I think that number probably will go up. Just, I mean, again, he's always been higher than that in his career. And certainly in the last two seasons, he's been really good. And, you know, I think it just, whatever, it's, we're still in the kind of small sample size theater. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to Bobby. He's been just really fun to watch. And um, yes, Bobby Port, Bobby Portis appreciation, always a good thing to, to bring up on the pod. And um, yeah, shout out to Bobby, man. It's just, I, you know, as a Packer fan, like, I, you know, the Packers have, I, I heard the stat today that the, the Brewers have more recently won a baseball game than the Packers have won a football game which seems like a problem given that the MLB playoffs just ended and the Brewers weren't even in the <laughs> major league baseball playoffs. So uh, just a, just an all-time bad vibes uh, Packer team. So I'm just, it, it is making me more appreciative than ever uh, about not, not just the Bucks winning, you know, whatever that they're nine and oh, but even if the Bucks were six and three, right. Just the vibes around this team, the characters you have in the locker room, the, you know, the leaders that you have starting with Giannis, just the type of people they are on top of obviously being Giannis, just being this incredible force of nature and the best player on the planet. Um, again, we, we say it a lot, but uh, don't, don't take Giannis for granted. Don't take this Bucks team for granted. Let's enjoy this. And certainly the Packer experience, uh, mm. obviously whatever, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, late thirties, right. It's not like we can compare him to, where the bucks are especially with with a guy like Giannis and at, at, at not even 28 but i don't know i'm always very conscious right you just never know how long your your title window your championship window yeah stuff stuff changes real quickly and kind of fitting i, I thought of it today you know they're going to atlanta tonight i, I just think back to to what was it game four yeah i guess game four in atlanta of these finals if Giannis, if if Giannis was mortal and does something horrible to that knee that prevents him from playing you know a week and a half later um who knows where we'd be right as as a fan base where this team would be as a franchise right you just never know what might happen and so you just appreciate good health knock on wood um great players doing great things. And um, I think just the, just the continuity and, and just the stability of this team, right. You just see with all the drama and all these other, with all these other great teams right now, um, just give credit, not only the Bucks players, but I mean, Mike Budenholzer, I saw, I saw on Friday, there was a graphic ESPN had a graphic early in the game, first quarter. They just had a shot of, of Bud probably making some, you know, whatever Bud face and, it said Mike Budenholzer, 2020, 2021 NBA champ. And I was like, damn right. I, I nearly like brought, brought up brought my camera and was going to take a picture of that, you know, very uh, unsophisticated screenshot and post it and just write, damn right, 2021 yeah. NBA champ. Um, Cop that, haters. <laughs> but I, I think that's the ultimate thing that people kind of take for granted, right? Like we all try to, you know, even though we're not well qualified to really understand and very few people are, are qualified to really understand, you know, kind of comment on tactics and adjustments and things like that. People love to try to comment on those things about coaches and, you know, Bud's gotten grief about these things in the past. You know, some of it I think is, has been fair to an extent, but 
people always take for granted just like the fact that he showed up and instantly the Bucks had this like winning culture. And, you know, it let it lets you do things like on Saturday. I, I used to, when the Spurs used to do this, I'd call it infrastructure wins. Like, you know how the Spurs used to just like rest Tony Parker and Manu and like just bring out random dudes and like, you know, win by 20 on the road against decent teams. And, you know, the Bucks have been able to do a lot of that. And I just think of it as, again, just having a, a team that knows their identity. Um, you know, there's no egos on this team. And so much of that starts with your coach and the coaching staff that he's developed. And, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that so many of Bud's guys have gone on to be head coaches elsewhere. And so while we're doing appreciation threats, right, you're nine and oh, let's just do some appreciation. <laughs> Let's give some Mike Budenholzer appreciation, some Mike Budenholzer props. Um, you know, I think, again, I think, well, again, people can quibble over, oh, well, well they should have been doing some of this stuff that, you know, cutting down opponents and three-pointers saying, like, well, well, they should have been doing that before, right? It's like, well, they actually, like, you look at what Phoenix did in particular in the finals, like, they completely took away corner threes. They didn't take many threes. You know, they played, I think, much more honestly than than uh, than we typically think of the Bucks and their you know overhelping defense. Um, but I, I think making that change going into the season, it does feel. I mean, we'll we'll kind of see what happens, right? Like the Bucks actually gave up. Uh, they, they've been averaging. They're at, at 16 wide open threes per game right now. 29 they allowed against the Thunder, which it just felt like they were just like, eh, all these random dudes that we don't know, like, whatever. We're not we're not going to defend these like these random dudes shooting threes. So that was a bit of an aberration that completely you know was like double what they've been averaging in terms of conceding wide open threes. But for the most part, obviously they have played somewhat differently, and it it seems like there is you know a, it's like they had to do something to like get people like really engaged, right? To not just be like okay, we're doing just kind of doing what we're always doing. And you know Eric wrote the article on Friday, which I thought was really interesting about them also really trying to put an emphasis on crashing the glass. Um, Friday wasn't really that big of a factor, but Saturday, 40% offensive rebound rate, which is a huge number. Um, so again, just kind of like, you know, they, they've had so much continuity in terms of the roster that it's interesting that they're, you know, kind of using some of these tactical tweaks to not only just get better, but I think also just make guys really have to engage and not just kind of like go into autopilot, which, you know, as, as we were saying, that was my biggest concern about this team was just, do you fall into this trap of just sort of like not mailing in the regular season, but maybe just sort of like cruise controlling sim to end, you know, the regular season, because you know that what really matters is the playoffs. And <laughs> obviously that hasn't happened so far. At some point they're going to lose. Um, hey, if they lose on Monday, at least it, maybe it's good that they lose before Chris Milton comes back, you know, just so the like, 0.001% of fans who are idiots who, you know, think that like somehow this is uh, an indictment of Chris Middleton or Pat Connaughton or whatever, um, you know, get a little dose of reality, but, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, there's, there's pretty much nothing we can really complain about. You just hope that obviously you continue to stay healthy, get guys back rather than lose more guys. And um, just, again, just kind of keep competing at, at the level they have been and, you will lose games at some point, but uh, I don't know. I, I, obviously, we have to we have to kind of rebaseline our expectations a bit, right? It's early; we've had an advantageous schedule, but 
starting off nine and know the first time in franchise history, this team, I mean, looks like a much better regular season team. Not maybe a much better regular season, but definitely a better regular season team than I anticipated. What happens if they go 44 and 0 and then lose Joe Ingles, <laughs> Joe Ingles first game back? That'd be a problematic send, situation for send, me. Send him back. Send him in his white t-shirts. Oh, we'll boy. send him back to UK and you and you and Joe can I don't know, work through some your white t-shirt uh, collections in uh, in Australia. I don't know. Let's not let's not let's not think about that. I mean, I I do want them to lose before the playoffs. I think going into the playoffs 82 and 0 probably wouldn't be a good thing. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's a pretty fun conversation to have, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Oh, and by the way, one other thing, Bucks offense via cleaning the glass 13th via basketball reference 14th. So top half came top half. You were saying they're wow. slightly below average. I found some websites that say they're slightly above average. So I wonder how they, I wonder how, your, I mean, put, obviously... that, put that in your Vegemite sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I normally uh, I like cleaning the glass. There's no doubt about that. That's a that's a very uh, big source of uh, where I get my stuff from. But as I look at NBA.com right here, that says 16. So, look, there's some uh, there's some discrepancies in the uh, in the data there. But I'll take top half rather than bottom half. But it's it also is kind of cool if you're like, man, we're not even a top half offense and we're still whooping all your asses and and nine and zero on the season. So that's pretty cool to have here. But they play the Hawks tomorrow. The Hawks are a team that have given them some grief over the years in in certain games. So my NBA app is telling me this game starts at seven fifteen p.m. Central Time. It seems like an interesting yeah. tip off time. But uh, we'll be back. We'll have a post game pod after this. And geez, it would be cool if the Bucks started the season ten and zero for the first time in franchise history. Hopefully, they keep it rolling. As Frank mentioned, Giannis is listed as probable. Uh, can I give you, can he give you two more stats before we drop? Okay, but got, we know we know wait. that the, okay we know this is going to go for fifteen minutes. So can, yeah, I'll just I can't, I'll, I can't I'll, I'll you... fire up the kettle. You 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 go. <laughs> I can't let you stop. So just because Eric had the article about offensive rebounding, yeah. for those wondering where they are right now, they are via cleaning glass. They I are wasn't. seventh. They mm. <laughs> they are seventh in offensive rebound rate. Uh, which obviously is is very good. Wait, what were they at last? Let me just see what they were at last year. Uh, last year they were 16th. Year before that, 12th. So they're at 30, percent which is by far the highest in the Bud era. Uh, and I think the the interesting thing, right? That one of the, the other questions that to me this raised was that the transit, you know, the, the trade off involved is, are you then giving up more in transition because of that? Right? You got to give up something, right? If you're if you're doing this. So far, they're seventh in cleaning the glasses kind of points added per per uh, possession of transition or points added per possession from transition um last year they were second year before that third so it's a little bit worse but again it's not like they suddenly are you know a bad transition team um because of this newfound focus on offensive rebounding i do think it'll be interesting now that the book is out now that eric has spilled the beans mm. um boo eric informing us but you know uh no i'm, I'm sure you know scouts from other teams were, we're paying attention to this, but, uh, but I think it will be interesting. Just do we see teams try to, you know, be more transition oriented uh, as the season goes on? Obviously the trans- transition take foul thing is presumably, I think we'll see transition offense be a little bit better this year regardless. But um, so I wouldn't worry about like kind of the raw numbers as much as just sort of the, the relative rankings, but so they're down a little bit in the relative rankings, but um, we'll, we'll just sort of see, right. I think, 
you know, as the season winds on, teams will make adjustments and, you know, the Bucks kind of changing a little bit of what they're doing in terms of covering the three, three point line and, um, and maybe being a bit more aggressive in the offensive glass. Um, I'm sure that both those things will, will be the targets of, of opponents, but the flip side too is once you have Chris Milton back, uh, you know, are you going to be needing to go after the offensive glass as hard as, as you, as you were without him? I would say probably not. So we'll see if the Bucks also maybe cut back on some things, or you know, you can't get you can't get the hit out in transition if if Chris Milton is is burying mid range jumpers. So anyway, all right, Kane, that's my fifteen minutes. We got a podcast in approximately twenty four hours, Frank. So let's save our voices. Let's save our voices for the post game <clears throat> tomorrow. Uh, make sure make sure you check it out though. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet. And I know you've been listening and you've been subscribing because the numbers are going up. But make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment on the video. Uh, get involved and uh, tell us what you thought about this show, any of the thoughts, uh, the starting lineup perhaps. And uh, we'll continue the discussion over Trey, there. Trey is questionable. YouTube. I think Trey is questionable with the mm. shin issue. So I don't know. Somehow I expect he's going to play. But uh, hopefully we see Giannis and Trey and hopefully the Bucks just do what they've been doing all year. But we'll see. We'll be back after the game, post-game, locked on Bucks. Speak to you then.